Hey, it's Josh. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you all know that the Vermont Public Spring Membership Drive has arrived. Donations from folks like you make everything we do here possible. If you want to help support our people-powered journalism, be sure to make a donation in any amount by March 16th by going to bravelittlestate.org donate. And as always, thank you for your support. So day one on the long trail, and I'm pretty sure I'm not on the long trail. This is a pond. <laughs> it's August. Alec Fleischer is in the woods outside Bennington. And he's a little lost. And I've been hiking what looks like an ATV trail for about an hour straight downhill. Alec is by himself, taking video on his phone. So, I'm deciding now whether I cut my losses and go back up. Or if potentially this is the long trail. But I'm not seeing any blazes. This morning, he started off in Williamstown, Massachusetts, right on the Vermont border, heading north. It's his first day on a trail that he plans to hike for the next three weeks, all the way to the Canadian border. That is, if he can get back on it. So yeah, <laughs> day one. A few hours later, a more chipper Alec takes another video. I have now set up camp for day one. I got a little lost. I uh, probably went a mile the wrong way and then a mile back. Bit of a bummer. But it's okay, just threw on some Grateful Dead music, gets me in the right mood. But I found this beautiful campsite tonight. He pans to a lightweight hammock strung up between two hemlocks next to a river. All is well. So it's been a long day. I've done about 15 miles. My pack weighed 33 pounds because first day of rations for food. But I'm tired. I'm going to make myself some dinner. Signing off day one. Ecstatic to continue hiking the long trail. 15 miles down, 257 to go. From Vermont Public Radio, this is Brave Little State, VPR's people-powered journalism project. I'm Angela Evansy. This is a show about curiosity, where we answer questions about Vermont that have been asked and voted on by you, our audience. Today, my name is Eliza Keller. I'm from Post Mills, Vermont. A question about a trail that follows Green Mountain ridgelines from one end of Vermont to another. What is it like to hike the long trail? I wonder what motivates people to hike it from end to end. Uh, do people in houses or towns along the trail interact with hikers, and what are those experiences like? To answer Eliza's question, we go deep into the woods and also deep into a hiker hostel in downtown Rutland. We originally released this episode in 2018, but we're re-upping it today to celebrate the start of hiking season. We have support from VPR sustaining members. Welcome. Thanks to Vita for their support of Brave Little State. Since 1974, Vita has helped Vermont businesses grow and thrive. From agriculture to energy, startups to family companies. Find solutions that fit your business. Visit VEDA.org to start your next chapter today. And Sunset Lake CBD, a farmer-owned business crafting CBD products right here in Vermont. 
Learn more about their sustainable farming practices, delivery options, and how to support local farmers at sunsetlakecbd.com. So I don't have any sort of personal connections with the Long Trail. Our question asker, Eliza, is a Vermont native who now lives in Boston. Um, But I remember learning about the Long Trail in school, and we learned, I think, that it was the oldest long-distance hiking trail in the country, which I thought was quite impressive. This is true. The 272-mile Long Trail was created by the Green Mountain Club in the 1910s and 20s. It was actually the inspiration for the much longer Appalachian Trail, which runs all the way from Georgia to Maine. Eliza says the relatively shorter length of the Long Trail appeals to her. To me, like the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail are just sort of too intimidating, but the Long Trail seems like a nice, doable option to do with sort of limited hiking abilities. So I've certainly been interested in making the hike, but I wouldn't even know where to start preparing or what to expect. Depending on your pace, it can take you anywhere between two weeks and more than a month to hike the trail. You do need the luxury of free time to do the trail in one go. This is called a through hike. Though when it comes to the long trail, luxury is intertwined with hardship. Hi, day three. All is well, having a great time. But it is raining, and rain is in the forecast for a long time. We here at Brave Little State sadly could not through-hike the long trail to answer Eliza's question. So we were thrilled to meet Alec Fleischer because he documented his own journey super well. So the plan is probably to camp at the base of Stratton Mountain. I could go up it and down it to a shelter, which would be nice in the rain. But it's not raining that hard. In every video he takes, Alec is wearing the same blue Under Armour t-shirt. He films himself, then he turns his camera toward the trail. And we can see him moving slowly through what thru-hikers call the Green Tunnel. Just a narrow trail surrounded by dense woods. The occasional tree has a white blaze painted on its bark. That's how Alec knows he's still on the long trail. And he pretty much just walks. Um, it's around noon now, a little later. Been hiking since 8. I don't know, that's about it. Signing off for now. Alec is 21. He grew up in New York City, and he goes to Middlebury College. He just finished a summer job at the Vermont Agency of Natural Resources, and he's doing this hike before classes start. He's an environmental studies major, and he's clearly loving his time in nature. Hello. Day five? I think it's day five. Um, So we're in this spruce forest. I figured out the difference between spruce and fir. A newt in the trail warrants a quick video. Let's bring you a little off trail. There you go. More often than not, though, Alec's Captain Log is about more basic stuff. Things like the weather and how his body feels. So yesterday, it was drizzling. It was a little cranky. I had six blisters on one foot. Um, feel much better now. Hasn't rained yet today, although the forecast is not great. He talks about his forays off the trail to restock on food. I needed to go into Manchester Center to resupply anyway, and there was a super cool hostel there, 
10 out of 10 recommend. Cheap, cool people, ate a ton of food. Talks a lot about food, actually. He films his dinner while it's cooking. So I made some beans. They're just cooling off now. It was a boil and bag rice thing. And he tells stories about strangers giving him food. It was low on food. Well, not low, but starting to ration. So I was about to go to bed hungry, and then I got up. There was this uh, Boston College orientation trip, and of course they had extra food. So I begged, and it worked. <laughs> got some pancakes. And they also gave me a bag of granola, which I still have. F*** off granola. <laughs> Nothing better. He also tries to psych himself up for hard sections of the trail. So I'm right now south of Mount Abe. That is Mount Abe. Oh, wow, that's that's a hike. That's a, the, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. I can do it. <laughs> I can do it easily. It's just work. It's just hard. This is treacherous. And then there are these moments of seeming bliss, usually at the end of the day or on top of a mountain. I just took a nap here and really, really don't want to leave. It's gorgeous. This video shows Alex's legs splayed out on the rocks near Mount Grant. He's got a clear panoramic view. This is a world-class view right here in Vermont. Plus, it's beautiful temperature. It's warm, sunny, and windy. Man. Heaven. I should explain how I met Alec. In late August, I hiked into a Green Mountain Club shelter called Montclair Glen Lodge. It's on the shoulder of Camel's Hump. It's late afternoon, and there are two thru-hikers settling in for the night. Hey, my name's Detour. I'm going north on the LT. This is where I learned some of the lingo of the long trail, or LT, as thru-hikers call it. For example, many hikers have trail names, kind of alter egos for their hike. Detour's regular name is Eric DePaulo. I came to the trail by a circuitous route. Sometimes a trail name is bestowed upon you, but Detour chose his. I got laid off shortly before the trail started and then got hired by a job that I'm wicked excited about. So, yeah, and the trail itself is a detour, so. Detour is 30, lives in Massachusetts. He hiked the Appalachian Trail seven years ago. And now he's hiking the long trail northbound, or in trail parlance, Nobo. Southbounders are Sobo. That's what Quinn Brencher is doing. He doesn't have a trail name yet. You want a trail name? I don't want to ask for one. Since they're going in different directions, the two hikers compare notes on the trail. How are the next couple of days? Pretty tough, <laughs> not going to lie. I mean, yeah. you have pretty much camel's hump and then a big, big descent. and then. Detour warns Quinn that the southern part of the LT will be more crowded with hikers since it overlaps with the Appalachian Trail for about 100 miles from Rutland south. When you bump into people on the trail, it's like you try to guess. You know? yeah. Sobo AT? And they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> While they chat, they each go through their evening routines. First order of business, feet. First thing I want to do is take off my shoes because my feet have been wet pretty much every day. First five days, my feet were underwater. 
Quinn takes off his socks and repeatedly smacks them on the floor. And Detour gives himself a kind of backcountry pedicure. The full treatment would be soap. I wash my feet. Sometimes I'll disinfect them. And then I'll antibiotic ointment them. Just the whole thing or just the soles of your feet? Uh, I do like between my toes because they were immersed for like five days. So they're all splitting and looking ugly. It's around this time that Alec walks in the door. Come in. Hey. I think it's locked. Hello. Hey, Alex. Oh, yo. What's that's so on, weird. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Turns out Quinn and Alec go to Middlebury College together, and they know one another. Not super well. Quinn calls him Alex at first. But it's the trail, so everyone warms up quickly. So I'm probably talking so much just because I've been alone for, like, days on end. <laughs> Soon it's dinner time. Everyone fans out on the rocks outside the shelter with cook stoves and variations on beans or pasta. This is just one of those instant pastas from the Shaw's supermarket in Waitsfield. As the sun begins to set, I learned some more long trail slang. Most importantly, the concept of trail magic. Quinn describes it. Trail magic is just when someone does something kind that they don't really need to do for you. Often people will, like, give you a food item, but some people go out of, out of their way to dispense trail magic. Those people are called trail angels. Alec, who, by the way, gave himself the trail name Hemlock, recalls some trail angels that both he and Detour were blessed by. Mike, Mike and, and Mary. Mary, yeah. We both <laughs> ran into Mike and Mary, and they just parked out in a parking lot. And were grilling burgers. They had some fresh corn that they were grilling, too, from their garden. Some cucumbers, which were in season. It's a miracle. So trail magic is when somebody's stupidly nice for no good reason. And, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yeah. It gives me faith in humanity, honestly. It really does. Eventually, I asked these guys to answer Eliza's questions directly. What is it like to hike the long trail? And what motivates people to do it? It's really hard. And it's really uncomfortable. And you're not going to like it. But I think backpacking is the art of being comfortable while being uncomfortable. That's such a hard question. I, I, it's so high and it's so low at the same time. It's one long meditation. And I'm not perfect at it. I still listen to music sometimes. The people who are out on the trail, if it's the long trail or the AT, it's like they're in a juncture in their life. You find people who are fresh out of high school, fresh out of college, in a break in college, out of the military, fresh out of divorce. Like people who've retired, who've had like a big shift, you know? I'm generally quite introverted and I find myself enjoying human contact so much more out here and I don't know why. I really can't, maybe it's because I spend most of the day alone. But I really just, like, I've never been, like, comforted by just seeing, like, an old couple before. Like, normally if I'm, like, walking, I'll just, like, completely ignore something like that. But just, like, seeing, like, these sort of, like, human relationships, like, for some reason it's, I don't know, it's a lot more uh, potent now. When we come back, the scene at a hiker hostel. That's right after this on Brave Little State. If you're hiking alone, it's mostly at shelters or lean-tos where you get to socialize. Or, if you're in town for a resupply, there are certain hostels and inns that are well-known among hikers. 
Alec slash Hemlock told me about one that's kind of legendary. It's called the Yellow Deli. The Yellow Deli is right in Rutland where the AT and LT split. It's this free hostel where it's sort of these, some people would almost call them a cult, a Christian cult. Um, but they're very environmental at the same time and they let you stay for free. And their food is like 10 out of 10 amazing. The Yellow Deli is not associated with the Green Mountain Club, which stewards the Long Trail. But it seemed like such a fixture of the LT experience that my colleague Lynn McRae went to check it out. Breakfast starts at 7.30 in a room with dark wood tables and creaky floors. There are maybe 30 hikers here this morning. And who wants some more eggs at this table? There's a two through hiker. Yeah, hikers have unlimited appetites. But, but you, can, you can tell the difference between a long trail hiker and a through hiker on how much they eat. Because long trails have only been going for about a week. These people have been going for about three to five months. You're welcome. A little tomatoes there, too, from our garden? A man named Aish is walking around with platters of eggs and fresh fruit and vegetables. He has a beard and wears his grayish hair pulled back in a short ponytail. My name's Aish. I am one of the hostel managers, and I take care of the hikers is the main thing I do. We feed them breakfast. We do a complimentary breakfast. Uh, We provide showers and laundry and everything they need, beds, clean sheets. The Yellow Deli Hikers Hostel is on the second floor, above the restaurant. So up a long stairwell. Up here, there are multiple bunk rooms and bathrooms and a half dozen washing machines. Uh, common area, little sink. This is Megan Mondor. Her trail name is Whoopie Cat, but more about that in a little bit. Here, coming out to a rooftop. Yeah, rooftop patio, right by the parking garage. It's pretty nice. A couple of things to know about Megan. She's 31. Her day job is in biotech in the Boston area. She says she hiked the entire Appalachian Trail two years ago by herself. Since then, she's gotten into long-distance running and rock climbing. And now she's 10 days into through-hiking the long trail. And this time, she has a companion. Here's my little pup, Huck Finn. Hey, buddy. One of the pluses of the Yellow Deli Hostel is that it does allow dogs, just not inside. So Megan and Huck are sleeping up here on the roof in a little tent. Yeah, how's it been, hiking with a dog? It's more work. You have to put him first, you know, because I decided to come out here. He didn't. And so we did some conditioning hikes in the White Mountains over the summer to get him used to it, see how we do on all the rock scrambles and stuff. But he's pretty, pretty nimble. So, about Megan's trail name, Whoopie Cat. Whoopie Cat? Where does that come from? <laughs> so, it's a misheard Led Zeppelin lyric from uh, Misty Mountain Hop. It's kind of whimsical, kind of ridiculous sounding, but if you read the lyrics or listen to them, they're a little deeper. What is it that's deeper? What is it that it says that, that you think He's basically it saying, like, Take a good look at yourself in the mirror and describe what you see, and do you like it? So, when I came out here the first time, I was, you know, trying to shake stuff up in my life. And uh, just wanted to do something really cool. Learn about myself, push myself, go on an adventure, and like what I see when I look in the mirror. 
but it's been, it's been pretty much just that. Sometimes adventure means dealing with plans that have gone awry. Megan's plan was to get back out on the trail first thing this morning. She was going to take a shuttle, which stops right behind the hostel. But it turns out the shuttle is actually a city bus. And for Megan, that's a problem. Um, so I can't take the bus because I have a dog, and he's just a regular dog. He's not a service animal. So i got to find another way back to the trail. At first, Megan seems a bit let down. But she quickly gets the name of a local trail angel who she thinks can help out. I think his name is Plans Too Much. He's going to come by and pick us up. The trail angel's name is Tom. And yes, his trail name is Plans Too Much. Right now, he's helping other hikers, so he won't be here for another hour. You had planned to leave. Like yeah, now. always had grand plans of getting out of town early, but it never works out that way. <laughs> But then, another setback. The trail angel calls Aish with some bad news. Tom, the trail angel, his car broke down. But that's the bad news, but the good news is you can stay another night here. And he should get his car fixed by tomorrow. And the other good news is hitchhiking is really easy around here. But this actually won't work for Megan. She's uneasy about hitchhiking with her dog, and she really wants to get back out on the trail today. It's just kind of a bummer because I was hoping to get to hike the last couple miles with my new friends. These are the ups and downs that seem to be a constant in the life of a hiker. And it's in places like this hostel that hikers can find refuge and get some help. But the Yellow Deli is also a story of its own. It's run by a community called the Twelve Tribes. The Twelve Tribes is a Christian movement that sprang up in the 1970s. It has groups scattered around the country and the world. And when we came here to Rutland, you know, our faith compels us to love people. And so it started out, we'd see someone walking down the street. Hey, oh, you got a backpack. Where, where are you going? Do you need a place to stay? And, oh, actually, I do. The name Aish isn't his trail name. He says it was given to him when he came to the Twelve Tribes community. But my name, my parents gave me, is Ken. Ken Harris. The 40 or so members of the Twelve Tribes in Rutland live communally and help run the Yellow Deli. Profits from the restaurant support the hostel, which only asks for donations from hikers. In other words, it's basically free. You know, you have your faith as a community. Mm -hmm. Is it talked about amongst hikers? Oh, is absolutely. There are many people that give many negative reports about us because we're, quote-unquote, a cult. That's, the, that's what the hearsay is. But then there's many people that have stayed with us and pass on it. They're just a people, like you said, a community of people of faith, but they're great. You know, so you have every spectrum in between. The name 12 Tribes may ring a bell here in Vermont. In the mid-'80s, the state raided a 12 Tribes community in Island Pond and raised serious questions about their child-rearing practices. But charges against one of the group's elders were eventually dropped. Still, questions follow the community from time to time, especially around their treatment of women. Just last month, one hiker wrote a blog post with the title, The 12 Tribes Yellow Deli. Hiker Haven, Creepy Cult, or both? But this isn't an expose of the 12 tribes. And for what it's worth, I later asked Megan, a.k.a. Whoopie Cat, 
about her stay at the hostel. She said she didn't experience any sort of preachiness here. Good news. Yeah? Give you a ride. Really? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Turns out Aish has oh, found wow. a pickup truck he can borrow okay, to give Megan a ride to the trailhead. You like to think, like, I'm going out into the woods, and I'm going to carry everything I need on my back, and I'm going to do it all by myself, and it's going to be all me. But you really are depending on a lot of other people. At this point, Megan reminds herself of a saying among hikers, the trail will provide. If you just kind of, like, open yourself up to the universe (laughs) and try not to get too upset, you know, things can work out. But... Will it work out for Megan? Will she make it back to the trailhead today? And will she finish her long trail hike two to three weeks later as planned? We'll leave you hanging on that question for a few minutes, just so you can experience the uncertainty of a hiker's life day in and day out. I'm currently trying not to slip and fall while this recorder's in my hand. (laughs) We'll see how I do. While Megan tries to get out of Rutland... Alec, a.k.a. Hemlock, continues his own journey north. When we part ways below Camel's Hump, I loan him a recorder to keep taking audio of this trip. Friday, August 24th, by far my hardest day on the long trail. Alec is in the realm of Vermont's highest peaks. Today, he's climbed up and down Camel's Hump and then started up a ridge that leads to Mount Mansfield. And that was just hard. Even though I filled up my water right before the started this climb, I ran out and was just thirsty for miles and miles and miles. With about 80 miles left to go on the trail, Alec sounds worn down. I'm a little north of Bolton Mountain, and it is steep here. I'm so tired that after a break I could barely walk, (laughs) but then I put on my pack and keep going anyway. Um... I've been thinking, have I been this tired in my life before? But, like we've heard, the trail is made of lows and highs, so it isn't long before... I really think I've gotten my trail legs. And it's just way easier now, way faster, and I'm going to continue going forward. As he continues north... Alex's recordings seem to get more complex. I don't know how many people hike the long trail every year, but every one of them is spending money. He holds forth about the economic potential of the long trail. Imagine if the long trail had the name recognition of the Appalachian Trail. I understand it's a whole lot shorter, but it's a whole lot shorter. Uh, It's a lot more reasonable for a lot of people to do than the Appalachian Trail. That's why I'm doing it. He considers demographics. You know, who is a thru-hiker? You can't define it. (laughs) It's like saying, who is a Vermonter? Who is a thru-hiker? Well, who's a Vermonter? And he interviews other thru-hikers. Just where are you from? Uh, Why are you hiking the long trail? Uh, So I'm from Melbourne in Australia. And came over to Vermont just to hike the long trail, see some of the sights and drink its beer, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) What's your name? I'm called Pea Soup. (laughs) Why is that? I packed in a lot of pea soup at the beginning of my trip. <laughs> Wait, was it dehydrated pea soup? Yeah, dehydrated pea soup, so kind of green, green mush. I'd love some green stuff right now. And day by day, Alec gets closer to Canada. Here he is at mile 246. Sorry if it's too windy. I am on the top of Belvedere Mountain, I believe. I uh, decided to send it today. And finally, on August 31st, Three weeks after he started walking, 
<laughs> Alec takes one last video as he sprints towards the endpoint of the long trail. The trail opens up into a clearing on the U.S.-Canada border with a small stone obelisk. Done. <sighs> it was something that you that I was waiting for for you know three weeks. And I was both ecstatic and also a little sad because it meant I had to leave. Now that he's back at Middlebury College, Alec says he's slowly getting accustomed to spending all day studying instead of all day hiking. And he's diving back into life as a student activist. My number one goal in life is to try to make the world even just a little bit of a better place. And you're not going to do that on trail. Being on trail is more for myself and for my education. Um, when being here is for the betterment of society. As for Megan, a.k.a. Whoopi Cat, she did indeed catch a ride out of Rutland that day. In the pickup truck with the upright piano in the back, but we all crammed in there. <laughs> but then her ankle started bothering her. And at around mile 160, near Molly Stark Mountain, Megan decided she had to stop hiking. I realized that this was something that's going to take several weeks to get better, so I had to call the hike. It was not an easy decision. Here's how she felt about it. Awful. <laughs> disappointed. Very, very disappointed. I've never had to call off a hike before. But Megan still abides by that philosophy. The trail will provide. Even if you don't, you know, finish a trail, you know, it's still going to be out there and you can still go back to it and do other things and just learn from it. Megan also had a word for our question asker, Eliza, and all the women who may be considering a thru-hike. Don't be afraid to be a woman alone. You know, like, you're smart and capable. You can handle it. Don't listen to other women who might be afraid or, like, men who will try to make you afraid or make you feel like you're not strong because you're a solo female. Nonsense. Don't be afraid to be a woman alone, especially in the woods. It's probably one of the safer places. We reported this episode back in 2018. Alec Fleischer, a.k.a. Hemlock, now lives in Durango, Colorado. He works as a carpenter there, and he spends a lot of his spare time out on trails as an ultra runner. Megan Mondor, a.k.a. Whoopie Cat, was so inspired by her time on the trail that she wanted to keep the adventure going. So she quit her job and bought a 1988 Chevy van off Craigslist. She tricked it out for van life and named it Large March. She also returned to the long trail the following summer to finish what she started. Huck the dog came too, and they completed their end-to-end -end trek in August of 2019. After that, of course, the pandemic. And Megan's van, Large Marge, became a haven and a perfect way to travel. Now she and her girlfriend use it to road trip around the East Coast and dispense trail magic on the AT and LT. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you have a question you want us to answer, ask it at bravelittlestate.org. While you're there, you can sign up for the BLS newsletter and vote on the question you want us to tackle next. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit at BraveStateVT. 
This episode was reported and produced by Lynn McRae and me, with editing by Henry Epp. We had engineering support from Chris Albertine and additional production help from Josh Crane and Myra Flynn. Ty Gibbons composed our theme music, other music by Blue Dot Sessions. A very special thanks to Liza Morse and the Green Mountain Club. Brave Little State is a production of Vermont Public Radio. We made this episode with support from the VPR Innovation Fund. These days, we're powered by VPR's sustaining members. So if you like our show, consider becoming one at bravelittlestate.org slash donate. Or just tell your friends to listen. I'm Angela Evansee. We will be back soon with more people-powered Vermont storytelling. Until then. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.